there's no shortage of women and it really frustrates me. People tell me all the time like, oh, there's just no women in tech because women don't want to do it. Or like, they're not out there. They are, they just need the support to be able to, to get them. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about building scalable tech startups in sunny Western Australia. My name's Charlie Gunningham. And I'm Danelle Cross, and in this episode, we are talking to Kate Kerwin, who for the past five years has been running She Codes, a program to teach coding to women. Hi, Kate, and welcome to Startup West. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, first off, let's kick off. Uh, can you briefly talk to us about She Codes, what it does, and how it's going? Awesome. Um, so our goal at SheCodes is to upskill women to get them into technical careers. Um, and we do that in a couple of different ways. So we've got a one-day workshop. We've got a one-week um, program we called Flash. Um, and we've got a six-month program we call Plus. Um, six months part-time outside of business hours. Uh, and the idea with all of these programs is to have stepping stones so that mm. people can go from, I know nothing about tech, but I may be interested in it, to here's a pathway to getting into a job um, and actually making meaningful change in, um, in diversity in technology. Um, and I guess how we're a little bit different is that we're working directly with the businesses because mm. diversity isn't a nice to have, it's a need to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so much evidence around that. Um, and hiring talent is is really hard. I get mm. calls every week of yeah. like, oh, do you have any female developers? Right, um, like from BHP and people and whoever. Everyone right. wants mm. to hire female mm. talent, um, right. but no one actually wants to, you know, be involved in making that happen. Yeah, um, That's where you come in. Yeah, so <laughs> Great. Um, Great. we're working with um, primarily we're working with BHP at the moment, right? And the model for that is one for one. Um, every BHP employee we put through the program pays for someone from the broader community. So they're upskilling mm. their HR Fair. team, their engineering team, um, other random parts of the business mm -hmm. where there's a good cultural fit, but maybe they aren't. Um, they yeah, they want to expand in their roles and move into a different yeah, role. Yeah. Um, as well as getting a bunch of brand-aligned people um, who are part of the community. So, so how many people have you, women, mm. have you put through these programs? How many have you taught to code? Um, so we've taught 4,500 wow. women to date. Fantastic. Um, across all of the programs. Um, we're in our second or third, I guess, cohort of the PLUS program. So right now it's happening in Perth and Brisbane, um, right. second and third cohort. And what does the um, PLUS program do? So that's our six-month program. Ah, um, so that's right. our longest, our flagship program. Um, the one-week programs, we've run about six of those. Um, and then the one-day workshops we've been doing And for these last. are free programs for the yeah. women to come in? So they're sponsored by BHP or whoever. Mm. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so trying to really make that barrier as low as possible yeah. for people who um, can't afford it or they're not confident enough or they're mm. just not really sure, um, they're not really ready to make the leap, mm. um, just really trying to really lower those barriers mm. and make it Fantastic. accessible, fun, friendly. Is there any focused. problem getting women mm. for the for the courses or are you like sold out as soon as you announce? Pretty much. Mm. Um, wow. For the last year and a half, all of our workshops have been selling out within about a day. Um, oh. So the fastest we sold out I think was four hours. Um, so 150 people um, registered within four hours, which is pretty incredible, right. um, from an email newsletter mm. and like for one, a one Facebook week post. For a six-month 
Um, so that was a one-day one, workshop. A one-day workshop. Um, the six-month program, the first year in Perth, we had 250 applications for 25 places. Whoa. Um, and the second year we had about 170 applications for similar 25 places. Um, so the demand is totally there. And what about the businesses who are, who are <clears> assisting? Um, have you got any troubles finding those or are they coming to you now? Yeah, so our original partnership with BHP was actually mm. um, they came to us, they sent mm. a cold email, um, hey, you know, we really want to work on the diversity of our tech team. We have no idea where to start. Can you help us? Mm. Um, and we started with come and mentor, come and hang out and talk to people mm-hmm. and figure out what they want um, and then constructed all of these other programs based on their feedback of what they were looking for in the hiring process. Um so they've been really involved with us through the mm. whole journey. Um, we're still working on um, scaling. Mm-hmm. Um, so primarily working with them, with RAC, um, with Robert Walters Recruitment. Um, so we've got a couple of other industry mm, partners. Right. But I think in the next few years, there's a lot of room for growth because mm, um, there's still so many people that are just talking it about sounds this. sounds like you'd have mm-hmm. 10 times as many <laughs> programs on for the demand that's yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. And our crazy blue sky goal um, is to upskill 100,000 people in the next five years. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty ambitious. Mm. Um, sounds like you're on track. Thousand. Yeah. Um, it's just <laughs> 96,000 to go. Um, so we obviously need a lot more um, industry partners uh, on board to be able to do that. But yeah, yeah. there's no shortage of women. And uh, it really frustrates me. People tell me all the time, like, oh, there's just no women in tech because women Can't don't want to do them. it. Yeah. Right. Or That's like, not what they're you're not seeing. out there. They are. Look mm. a little they just harder. need mm. the support to yeah. be able to. And to is get it them. scalable? I presume it's face to face, but mm. there's, there's, is there also technology? There's online courses. Is that how you reach more people? Is that how you scale it? Yeah, so before this year, everything was in-person workshops. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, when COVID hit, we had to pivot um, pretty fast. Um, So we ran online versions of our um, all of our programs, actually, the one week um, and the six months kind of carried on a little bit how they were. Um, And we transformed our workshops into a virtual coding party Um, because everyone wants to come to a party Mm -hmm. when they're just at home. Good Um, good branding. (laughs) And uh, that was awesome. So we had people joining us from Singapore, from Canada, um, and from the East Coast, mm. from um, from Brisbane, from Queensland, um, Victoria, New South Wales, kind of a, bit, a little bit all over the place. Mm. Um, so that was great. So I think we'll be looking at doing a few more of those. Um, but, yeah, the rest of it is mm. fairly labour-intensive sure. um, t- because it's from my perspective, we need we need community and we need th- those systems around it. I don't think online learning necessarily works in isolation mm-hmm. in these kinds of um, in these kinds of environments where we're trying to build confidence. Yeah. Right. So once you're already confident in something, upskilling online is okay. Um, but when you're trying to get people excited and get people confident, yeah. um, it's really hard without the support systems around it. How yeah. many in your team? We're pretty lean. Yeah. Um, so we operate through SpaceCube. So um, SheCodes isn't a separate entity. Um, we operate through the the SpaceCube team. We're kind of like a startup within a startup. Right. Um, so I get the benefit of of everybody else around me. Mm. Um, but our core team is me and Holly. And Holly joined about a year ago. Um, and then our teaching team. So we have Haley leading content in Perth. 
uh, Michelle leading content in Brisbane, um, and then our broader mentoring and support team. It's about 50-odd mentors who work with us either on a voluntary or a paid basis depending on. And that's across the country? Just in Perth and Brisbane at the moment. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, so they're kind of a little bit, they're part of the team, um, but I guess not your traditional sense of part of the team. Um, and the decision to scale over to Brisbane, can you talk us through that? Yeah, so that was our partnership with BHP mm-hmm. um, for the for the plus six-month program. Um, and it's something, something that we'd kind of always been talking about. For their end, they wanted to prove that this kind of thing didn't happen, have to happen here, didn't have to happen with the team and the community that were on board, that it could be replicated mm. in a different location. Um for a number of reasons, Brisbane makes sense. So there's mining in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Um, the tech community is actually quite similar to what we have mm-hmm. here in Perth. Like it's still quite small, inclusive. Um, there isn't a lot of other programs happening for women. Right. So in Melbourne, when I was there last year, there's quite a lot of people that are doing similar things and competing with each other. Um, and I don't want to work in a place where we have to compete for the same the same money or right. achieving the same goals, um, I think it makes way more sense to collaborate and to fill those gaps where they're needed. Um, so would Adelaide be another move or Yeah, so we're horizon? looking at Adelaide um, mm. probably in the next six to 12 months looking at Adelaide um, because there, it's also a similar kind of situation similar there. No, similar no size. No one doing what you're doing. No. Right. And what about up into Asia? <sighs> That's probably a little bit further away. Um, there's a few, you know, a few more challenges, I guess, on mm. how we um, work with um, different cultures and different languages mm. and just how we construct our programs. Um, we need to do that really thoughtfully and really meaningfully. Mm. Um, there's obviously a challenge at the moment that don't know how we would get there. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, probably long-term that's a possibility. Um, but our focus has kind of been on Australia and how we can impact the communities that we live yeah. and work in. You've been running it for five years. Any other, anyone, other people popped up on the scene to sort of copy what you're doing or you pretty much got the landscape to yourself in Perth, for example? Yeah, so in Perth um, we're definitely the biggest happening in this women right. in tech kind of ecosystem. Yeah. Um, and then most people who are looking at supporting women in tech will come to me and like, hey, I'm looking at doing this meetup. Does this clash with what you're looking at doing? Yeah, right. mm-hmm. um, or I'm looking at doing this one day thing that I don't think it's going to, you know, be long term. Mm-hmm. Um, can we collaborate on it? Mm-hmm. Um, which is great. Awesome. And I think the community here is really good at doing mm-hmm. that kind of thing mm-hmm. rather than trying to compete. Um Anything on a national level, you know, there's other coding programs. There's right. definitely, we're not isolated in teaching people to code. Right. There's tons of people doing that. Um, but I think our model and our approach is pretty different. Mm. So the, the, the one for one. Focus on women coding only. No men come to your programs, right? Yeah. So women and non binary um, right. uh, is what we're our mm-hmm. focus is mm-hmm. on. Um, where our, one of our values is that we're female friendly, but we're. Um, Female focused but male friendly. So um, we give preference to women for our one-day workshops. But um, if for some reason we weren't sold out, um, then Mm, I'd be happy to have guys on board. um, And our teaching team is diverse across men and women. So So broader question, why do we need to learn to code? And and why do women specifically, but why mm. do all of us, we should all be learning to code? 
Yeah. So I think, um, I don't know that we necessarily, I don't know that we necessarily all need to do the coding, right? but I think that we all need to have a base understanding of how the technology works, Mm. right? um, which I think are two slightly different things. Um, So on a data level, um, so 75% of the fastest growing careers require some level of technical skills right now. Mm. Um, In the next five years, that's going to be even more. Um, There's jobs being created that don't exist right now and all of those Mm. being powered by technology. Um, So if we don't understand the how of how it works, then um, it's quite easy to be left behind by that wave. Um, Currently, tech is 29% female, um, tech broadly, um, including kind of administrative roles in tech. When we look at the the builders of tech, the software engineers and software developers, mm. about 10%. 10%. Mm. Um, and there's this whole business opportunity that we're missing out on mm. by having um, non-diverse teams creating products that don't really solve their customers' needs mm. um, because they haven't been designed meaningfully right. with mm. right. your mm. end All user been designed in mind. By men. Yeah. Um, Does that start at school? I mean, I look at my kids and I mm. go, you really need to learn to code. And they look at me straight, no, don't shut up. You don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually took myself off to a one-day course mm-hmm. uh, a few months ago uh, and got lost halfway through. And they said, <laughs> they're so sweet. They come back for free if you want to do it again. <laughs> but at school, um, gosh, technology being taught, I, I shake my head. And mm. not much coding happening in school. It's mainly how to use PowerPoint and spreadsheets, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah. It's got so, to start there, isn't it? So I think I've spoken to you before, um, Charlie. My partner's actually a high school teacher. Uh-huh. Um, I know your background was in um, in teaching as well. Mm. Um, and he's he's a science teacher, um, but he's teaching a bunch of IT classes and computer right. classes. Um, and it's really challenging because the curriculum isn't really robust in what kinds of technology mm-hmm. they need to teach. Um, and often they're just being told, teach coding. And he's right. like, but what kind mm-hmm. yes. and how? It's actually and on the national curriculum now, isn't it? It's seeping through the years. It, it was yeah. the earlier years and it's seeping through. that You have to teach coding, but the, one worries what that means mm-hmm. on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the how and the, and the why. Teachers, I'm sure your partner does a great job, but... <laughs> Your average teacher will go, well, give me the resources. What? How do, yeah. I, how do I do it? And he's really lucky because he can come to me and right. I can go to my mentors and I'm like, hey, do you know, do you have any good websites that I can feed back? Mm. Um, so he's quite lucky, but a bunch of other teachers get really lost mm. on, um, you know, the how and the why of teaching. Yeah. Um, and everything changes so quickly. Mm. Um, so something, the fundamentals obviously don't change a huge amount, but the, the different languages and the right. different... Um, techniques that we use. And are we so worse quickly. as a country mm. compared to other, other, other countries doing it better? Coding at school, women coding. So the, the stats you said presumably were Australian. Yes, yes. Results globally, how do we rank? Do um, we sit? So in diversity, Australia is pretty like on par with the rest of the world. Okay. Um, I so think everyone's equally bad. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. I think we're slightly better than the US, right. um, which I don't know if that's – Good or bad. <laughs> like a little flag <laughs> <Celebrate>. to wave. <laughs> um, yes, all equally bad. Um, I haven't, honestly, I haven't looked into how mm. we're doing in in schools. Our, our major focus has been on professional women um, who are looking to career change and that right. kind of industry focus rather than a school focus. Mm. So I haven't looked into a lot of the stats. Um, but I imagine that everywhere is in a similar kind of boat yeah. of like, mm-hmm. 
ah, we have to learn all of this stuff and we have to teach all of this stuff and yeah. how do we how do we figure out what's useful and what's not? Um, and then that role models piece comes un- un- into it as well. Mm. Um, so the stat that I do know is that 85% of girls under the age of 16 um, can't name a single woman in tech, like right. any. Um, mm. They're naming like Bill Gates, they're naming, um, you know, Mark Zuckerbergs, they're not naming any mm. women. Um, yeah. And when pressed, couldn't couldn't come up with a name. Mm. Um, I think Whitwood does a good job there, <clears throat> Women in Technology WA, by having that sort of role of see honour her, on their side. Yeah. Yeah. See her be her, fantastic mm. statement. And mm. she codes, I think, aligns beautifully with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they actually have a list, don't they, of women in tech. Mm. And it's just expanding and expanding, expanding on their website. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's been nominated and won awards and mm. stuff like that. Mm. Definitely that visibility mm. I think is, is super important. And on, on our level it's um, it's having people in in roles. So when you enter a company you can see the, the women who are also in the tech team mm. or the women who are in leadership um, and have someone tangible that you can – Look inspired by contact. So, um, Kate, you've created this amazing community. Mm -hmm. Can you talk us through some of the challenges that you've had along the way? Because I imagine there's been a few. Yeah. (laughs) There (laughs) always is. No journey without challenges. (laughs) Um, So, the most, I guess, the pressing front of mind one for me at the moment um, is so we did choose to launch in Brisbane at the beginning of this year and that had been planned for a good kind of year Mm, in advance. mm -hmm. Um, We started our program, kickoff was in March um, and the week that I came back to Perth, then everything kind of went into lockdown. Mm. Um, We had a choice at that point of like, do we put everything on ice um, or do we keep going with it? And the overwhelming feedback is that people needed something to look forward to. They Mm -hmm. really wanted community. They really wanted upskilling. They're scared about the future. Um, So we did it. We've um, got four weeks left of our Brisbane program, um, but I've never met them. So Mm. I've never met my teaching team. Mm. I've never met my cohort. um, And I'm such a people person that it really (laughs) breaks my heart Mm. that I haven't (laughs) been able to, to have those um, those relationships as closely. Um, so that's been a challenge. Um, I think scaling in general, I think any startup on this podcast is probably telling you that scaling is, is difficult. Um, and from, from us, uh, this kind of all started from just this one little workshop that I was doing and, um, something that I was doing in my own time. And I'd never, anticipated being where I am now. Right. Um, Full-time gig for you. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so everything along the way is like, oh, wow, we probably, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Got to figure out <laughs> how next? we're going to do that. What's next? Um, yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. Um, you must have had some women then who have had career changes. Quite a few. Four and a half thousand gone through your courses. Yeah. They came in as a whatever, engineer, whatever, and now they're a full, fully-fledged programmer. They've done the six-month course. That is now what they do. Yeah. And if not for she codes, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, so that's the really fun part of my job mm. is, um, you know, we're literally changing people's lives. Right. Um, which is awesome. Um, so our six-month program last year, so 50% of them ended up in technical roles post-program. Um, and I think if it wasn't for COVID, it probably would have been slightly more than that. They graduated in December and, you know, January, February hiring is always a little a little iffy. Mm-hmm. Um, but 50% of them are in jobs and um, now our current cohort, we've already got a couple 
I know one last week um, just got a new role as a as a developer, and she's so Fantastic. excited. Yeah, um, fantastic. Yes, and some of our alumni are coming back as mentors and oh, helping the next wave mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely, definitely a lot of people doing that um, mm. across the whole community. It's it's really interesting because people coming to a one day workshop probably takes about three years to really see that career change mm-hmm. come right. from. I went to this thing and it inspired me and it's a little idea mm-hmm. floating around my mind mm-hmm. and then probably take six months to percolate and then decide to do something about it and either go online or go to university um, and then to see that come full mm-hmm. circle. It's mm-hmm. a couple of years. Um, it's a little bit of a slow burn for us, uh, keeping tabs on yep. where yeah. people's That's journeys difficult. are at. Mm. Um, but I've had some very cool moments where I've been in like a queue and someone comes and they're like, oh, hey, you ran that workshop a few years ago. I went <laughs> to that. I'm now doing this. Now yeah. I'm doing robotics at Woodside and I was whatever before. Yeah. Um, have any ended up in startup jobs doing like the coding for tech startups? Because that would be great mm. too. I mean, getting mm. intra well, jobs and, and mm. moving around career-wise professional jobs, but often in a startup it would be great to have a CTO co-founder. Mm. Have any gone on and done that mm. that you know of? Not that I know of. Mm. I think um, where my community is probably at, where we're technically getting them to is sort of a junior developer role right. where they still need a little bit of support in mm-hmm. um, kind of architecture and a little bit of help in debugging and things like that. Right. Um, probably aren't technically qualified to be a CTO not yet. Yet. Mm, on the um, way. Exactly. But I see that being probably a couple of years mm. um, we'll start seeing that kind of full full circle because yeah. um, I agree that would mm. be really cool if we can start telling those stories. And it all started at SheCodes. Exactly. And then we end up on the Startup West <laughs> podcast telling us about their fantastic startup. Exactly. Maybe, is this exactly. a crystal ball moment we've got happening right <laughs> yeah. here? Are we pretty we'll like future? <laughs> um, Kate, can we take a step back in time, talk a little bit about your career mm. and schooling um, and are you WA born and raised? Um, kind of. So um, not Perth necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, born up in Karatha, um, left when I was really little, went to Kagali, left there when I was really little wow. um, and came back to Perth. Um, so my earliest memories are in Dunkraig. Um, and then we moved down to Bunbury. Um, so my dad works in um, WorkSafe, um, inspecting um, mines and uh-huh. construction. And, that took him around um, the country. And yeah, lots of regional state. places. Yeah. Um, so we were down in Bunbury from uh, when I was about seven um, to about halfway through high school. Um, so for me, when I um, say like I uh, I feel like I'm a country girl and mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a Bunbury girl, mm. um, even though I've probably been in Perth more of my life than in Bunbury, but that yeah, kind right. of feels like where I was. And at school, grew did, up. did you show leadership potential? Mm. Were you head of this debating team running that association over there, being on that school team over there? Um, yeah, I think I think so. I don't right. think I um, – entrepreneurship wasn't really a word I'd right. ever heard. Um, and startups, I don't think it was a word I'd ever heard either, but um, – Definitely leading people um, and being part of things. It was definitely a so such as what were you doing kind of person. Um, so I did do debating for a little while. Debating team, um, right? You picked Good. it, Charlie. I um, was in some of the school plays. Um, ah, uh, I did dance for a little while, but I wasn't. I wasn't that great at dance. But um, <laughs> drama was was better. Um, right. Uh, netball and basketball team. Because um, I've seen you present, <clears> and you're natural. <throat> 
So, that, okay, that's where that comes from. Yeah. yeah. So, the whole mm. idea of standing in front of people and talking, like, mm. that doesn't no problem. doesn't mm. scare me mm. um, at all, I think, as long as you're you. – if you know the content and you can show up and be authentic, mm. um, most people want you to succeed. And then uni, I mm. think you went to Curtin, one of mm. our sponsors. Mm. Shout out to Hello. Curtin. Wow. Yes. <laughs> all the good people go to Curtin. <laughs> Um, Yes, I did uh, international relations and business law, um, which sounds super fancy. Yeah. Um, It's just a commerce degree. Um, But, yeah, I was really interested at the time in um, politics and I knew I didn't want to be – I didn't want to be a politician and I was interested in law, but I knew I didn't want to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just found the – the content really interesting. Um, so I took a year off after school, um, and, uh, I do everything a little bit backwards. So, um, <laughs> I dived straight into work and didn't go to, didn't go to levers or anything. Um, I think it was like the day after my final exam, I oh. started a full-time job. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not the normal, not no, the normal no. way of doing things. Eager. Okay, um, straight, in. straight into work and worked pretty much until, um, I think the week before I went back to to uni, mm. uh, survived three weeks of just doing uni, and I'm like, I'm so bored. I don't. I've got all this free time. If we're going from working full time right. to doing twenty hours a week, mm. and I'm super bored. Um, <laughs> so I had to work. Um, so I started working for the Multiple Sclerosis Society. Oh. Um, so I was doing events, um, Ocean Ride for MS, mm-hmm. Step Up for MS. Um, and what led you through to Space Cubed mm. six years ago? Yeah, so that kind of, uh, I think everything was kind of a bunch of kind of happy accidents. Mm. Um, so my background then was events. Uh, um, of course. And this, an events role came up here, mm-hmm. um, events and community, and it was a very different kind of events, right? So I'd been running charity events mm. for 1500 people and this is running like a workshop space for 10 corporates Mm. um but I wanted to come back to the CBD um wasn't really working for me um being all the way out in Bentley um being a charity we couldn't really do more than three days a week and I get really restless so (laughs) I needed to come back to full time Mm. um and I heard about the opportunity here Mm. um came in for an interview and a tour um, and yeah, then and Space Cube, another sponsor of startup news. Oh, I would just mm-hmm. you got you ticking them off, tick, Kate. Tick, tick, and Charlie plus eight tech accelerator, <laughs> and then she codes was originally called Perth Web Girls. Yes, is that right? And yeah. it's had a name change. Yeah, because you were saying off camera, it just got so confusing. We were having Brisbane Web Girls, and you know, oh, too Bunbury much. Bunbury Web Girls. Yeah, yeah. We had I think about seven different brands. Mm. I'm like, this does not make any sense. Um, and there's no way to shorten it right. um, without dropping the Perth. Um, doesn't really work either. Right. Um, we're kind of at this tipping point. We'd been there for a couple of months um, of like, we need to change the name. We need to do something about it. Mm. I don't really know what to do. Um, so Lauren and I actually just got in a meeting room and we wrote down on a bunch of post notes every word related to women, every mm-hmm. word related to technology, and then a bunch of words that we liked and we just – Post-it noted them together right. until we came up with a list of 10 names, checked them against all of the places mm-hmm. you need to check them, right. socials and um, if they're registered. Trademarks um, and available uh, URLs. And yeah. All yeah. of that stuff. Mm. Um, and then we came up with a short list of four or five and 
then she we got codes. to she codes. Brilliant. So um, yeah, it was a little bit, it was a long time coming. And then the actual process of it was, all right, cool. An hour, get it all done. Yeah. Move on it's to the next thing. It was so right. you were right at the beginning of the Perth Web Girls, right there when it started. Yeah. You like the found, you founder, co-founder or the originator? Yeah. So at the beginning we were actually a committee. Um, right. So Marcus Holmes. Um, Good old Marcus. <laughs> yeah. Um, he actually was my first ever introduction to tech um, when I was uh, first part of Space Cubed. I went to an hour of code presentation that he did. Right. Um, found it really interesting. Didn't really know what to do um, next. Um, so tried to do it online by myself, yep. floundered a while, um, went to a bunch of the meetups and they were super technical and high level and scary. Um, <laughs> so I left those, um, floundered a little bit longer. And then Marcus came up to me and was like, I want to do this thing for women, but I don't want to be the face of it because mm. I think that that's really weird and I'm not very good at events. Um, <laughs> and you're really good at events. Um, and can you, can you help me? Can you jump on board and help me out with this mm. thing. Mm. He's um, also the co-founder of Startup News. Oh, I mean, right. this is There's just amazing. There's another link there, Charlie. Like, the link is Kate Cohen to all these things. <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Promise it wasn't uh, pre-meditated, pre-organized here. That's great. Um, well, he's off in Berlin now. So if you listen to this, shout out to you, Marcus. Love you. Love mm. you, Marcus. Yeah. Um, mm. So, yeah, it kind of all started there and um, we sort of, again, got to this point. We did probably two or three workshops um, with him and I and a couple of other people in the community. Um, and then the community was sort of fracturing and leaving. He moved away. Um, and around a similar time, BHP emailed us of, we want to get on board. Um, we want to maybe sponsor you, help you out right. somehow. Perfect. And so we're at this point of like, do we let it all fall apart? Or do we mm. try and figure out a way to make this sustainable? Um, so I had a chat with Brody and we'll pull it under Space Cubed and get it out of my living room. Um, and you made it happen. Yeah, see, see, see where it goes. That's fantastic. So any other mentors and advisors? You've spoken about Marcus, but along the way um, across the Perth scene that have helped you? Yeah, so I've, I've been really lucky to be part of the Plus 8 Accelerator Program. Mm -hmm. um, so was organizing the program, but also sort of got to learn through osmosis through all of the mm. workshops and um, programs and things that we did. And we've had probably 20 odd guest speakers, Charlie being one of them, mm -hmm. um, at those mm. events, uh, which were great. Um, and last year we sort of, again, we're at this tipping point with she codes of having both programs about to kick off. Mm. Um, I actually got to be sort of like one of the startups and get support through Derek Gerard um, and have one-on-one -on -one mentoring meetings with him every week like our um, accelerator participants did mm -hmm. um, and then pitch on stage at the um, Plus 8 Accelerator Showcase right. event at the end of the year as well. Um, so Derek's been great um, and Tim Brewer was obviously part of the accelerator before that as well. Mm -hmm. um, has so much energy, mm. so hard to keep up with. Um, yep but always has one nugget of wisdom somewhere in there. Both previously recorded on the Startup West podcast, Derek and Tim. It's <laughs> coming. Look, we've got to finish. This has been great. Really enjoyed the chat. We're going to finish with um, quick fire round. So, awesome. Danelle, do you want to kick us off? I'll kick it off. Okay, Kate, what's the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? People. Founder as a solo or as a team? Team. Mm -hmm. AI like it or loathe it? 
I think it depends on the application. I think technology isn't really about the it, it's the why and the how. So I think overall, good things. Mm -hmm. It's just all about how you implement it. Yeah. If you were at a bar, what would you be ordering? I'm a sparkling wine gal. Ah. Nice. Champagne. Uh, What does self-care look like for you? Um. When I'm at home, I'm a little bit of like a um, a little bit of a homebody. So I've got mm. two cats, like hanging out on the couch, <laughs> um, and I like to kind of have a bit of a chance to retreat, especially after mm. the big public facing stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are you reading or listening to right now? So there's this podcast that I listen to, um, Escape This Podcast, um, which is all about escape rooms, um, which I love. And there's a murder mini series that they're doing um, that I'm listening to right now. It's on my way home. Okay. Solve mm. This Murder. Escape so- This Podcast. Solve it? This Murder. Solve yeah, This Murder. Solve This Murder. Mm. Who should we interview next? Oh, um, so Lexi McDonald from Her Help down in Bunbury. Uh, yeah, she's great. She's yes. amazing. Um, and Caitlin Lomax is down in Bunbury mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so much energy as well from, mm. from Caitlin. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've had Elizabeth Knight from Purposeful. No, we haven't um, yet. Definitely on the list. An ignition she, alum. She's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, it's all really strong, mm. young um, mm. female founders. Definitely. Awesome. Mm. Awesome. Thank you, Kate. And we'd like to wish uh, you, Kate, and She Coats all the best for the future. Thank you. And thanks to our sponsors. We've had a few shout-outs already, but just <laughs> in case you're not clear, Startup West is produced by Startup News and is made possible with support from Space Cubed, the New Industries Fund, fund from Jitsi, Curtin University, the City of Perth, RSM, and welcome our new sponsor, Dinner Twist, Woo-hoo. who've also Woo. been on the podcast. So thanks, Chris, and the guys at Dinner Twist. We recorded this podcast at Riff Podcast Studios in beautiful downtown Perth, Western Australia. Don't forget to subscribe to Startup West on your favourite pod platform so our latest episodes appear in your feed. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. And here's a review from Ecom Wizard. Support and exposure to WA, just what we need, a podcast series for brilliant entrepreneurs in Western Australia. Brilliant. And we'll be growing the ecosystem. Yes, we agree. And thanks for the feedback. Thank you. Thanks, Kate. Thanks. Thanks, Kate.